0: So today we are joined by Michael, our Marketing Manager, and Laura, our Marketing Assistant. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having us. It's good to be here. So guys, what do your roles involve? Michael, we'll start with you.
2: So I'm the Marketing Manager for the Never What If group of companies. So I oversee the marketing for most of the companies within that group. So that kind of involves helping the managers of each company develop their ideas, put together proposals for campaigns. Uh, and then kind of evaluate the successes of campaigns at the end of them. And Laura?
0: I'm the marketing assistant. So that involves just assisting the team with all things, really. It's quite varied across all the companies because we have property company, kitchen designer, food manufacturer. So everything's involved and every day is different, really. Mm. Um, But day to day, I sort of look after the social media for our companies and help with the content creation sometimes a bit of copy with help from our copywriter obviously and yeah so that's the main things really
1: cool
2: yeah it is cool it's pretty it's pretty varied it's in it's terms of roles go it's narrow hard it to, down yeah just I, everything
0: and anything yeah
2: I mean <laughs> one day you could be working on uh, a property investment scheme and the next you could be researching baby food which we were literally doing we
0: did do that yesterday yeah mm.
2: so it's 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 quite hard to explain to people where you work sometimes but it, in a good way it's probably the most varied role we'll have
0: oh yeah definitely I haven't mm. been in a role this very before which is good because mm. then every day is different yeah
1: and how do you how do you explain where you work? What's your quick you fire three thing? three words to <coughs> yeah. explain
0: where you work? I well, usually say marketing and development agency.
1: That's four words.
0: Not well, if you use one of the, the uh, ampersand. Oh, oh yeah, answer. marketing slash development. Because <laughs> um, yeah. that's just easier because that is what we do: marketing and development. And obviously, we've got other things as well, like accounts and finance. But yeah. that comes with every company, really. So if you want to describe it in one whole thing. That's what I usually
2: say. Yeah, I kind of... Yeah, I say that like we're a, a cross between a marketing agency and a development agency that is kind of a group of startups, I think I've described mm, it as. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a weird hybrid, I guess, of, of a marketing agency and a, a sort of business development agency. So, yeah, it's interesting.
0: So how did your career or previous work lead you to Never What If? Do you want to go
2: first? I'll go don't first,
0: yeah. Mine's probably a bit shorter than yours. Yeah, um, mine's too long, I'm So old. I have... Been here, I'll be here a year in February. And before that, I was working in Cambridge for a music company doing their marketing, which involved social media, events, email marketing. And then before that, I just graduated from UEA. So this will be my second role in marketing.
2: This would be, yeah, I've been around a bit longer, unfortunately. (laughs) uh, So I I graduated from Hertfordshire Uni, Uh, I did um, media design and production. So it was like a mixture of filmmaking and business and marketing and script writing. And it was quite a practical kind of degree. Um, So then I started my career in uh, the NHS. So I was actually a health improvement practitioner, which is one of those titles. Impressive. Yeah. That's one of those titles that sounds more impressive than it is. But as a 21 year old, to be able to say, I'm a health improvement yeah, practitioner. Yeah, What
0: actually is that? You also do sound a little <laughs> bit patronizing, though. <now>. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, really,
2: what was I a pra- practitioner in? i Essentially, it was um I was like a stop smoking advisor. So if people wanted to quit smoking, I'd, they'd come and see me for like a one to one uh or like a support group type thing. Yeah, so I started kind of doing a bit of marketing there. Ended up getting a secondment to the comms team a couple of days a week, and then kind of progressed to like a full marketing role for a a different part of the NHS, in Kent this was. Uh, Did a couple of years there, then did a year in internal communications, just to kind of expand my skills a bit, because actually there's quite a lot of an internal communications element to marketing as a whole. You kind of need to tell the company you're working with what's going on and keep everyone's morale going and things, so...
0: And the same tone across the company as well. Yeah.
2: And yeah, same tone, keep everybody engaged, keep everybody up to date. And we've started to do some of that here with some of the work that Richard's doing. So that's really good. Then I kind of got my first marketing manager role for a a leisure brand uh, called Impulse Leisure. So that was my first experience of having a team. I'd never managed anybody before, and then all of a sudden I had to manage like four people. So that's and one of which were was they based, nice people. They were nice, and I'm still in touch with them and stuff. Oh, so like that's what a, you're that's a good nice. sign. <laughs> yeah, they must have liked me or tolerated me. But one of them was based in a completely different city. So that was the first experience of kind of managing somebody from distance, which was mm. interesting, but good. So yeah, so I, I worked for that the the kind of parent brand of this leisure company and. Then created a, a sub-brand, like a low-cost gym brand called the Gym Hub, which is based in, in Wickford in Essex. Mm,
0: my friend goes to that gym.
2: Really? Mm-hmm. Does she, oh,
0: she like it? She just had a baby, so she might not be going at the moment.
2: Okay, good. Hopefully they thought the marketing was good <laughs> <laughs> and the name. Um, and then ended up here. So that's a long way of saying, yeah, I guess I've been in the marketing industry for uh, 11 years. Mm. Still loving it though, still mm. kind of... Uh, do you
0: think the marketing industry has changed in 11 years, especially with the rise of like technology and things like that?
2: Oh, God. yeah, definitely. I mean, I, th- I think when I, when I started And social Facebook, media, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, That's I think Facebook so. was around, but I don't think you could even do Facebook ads. Yeah. So you would just hope that people found your page or you'd stick the, the Facebook logo at the bottom of a press advert or something and hope that people went there. And then gradually Twitter and Instagram was added and things. And now you can do so much Mm. on them. But yeah, I mean, over the last 10 years, it's, 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 and actually it's grown past the point of my understanding. I still need to get my head around TikTok and uh, (laughs) chat bots and, and yeah, everything, personalization. There's, there's things that are moving faster than, than we are, I think. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, it's still an interesting place to work. It's just gone so digital that you really have to kind of work to keep keep up with. Do things.
0: you think offline marketing is going to have a revival at all?
2: Yeah, definitely. I th- I think, and that's what I'm keen to do here. And and we kind of we really see the value in still doing things like billboards and flyer drops mm. because there is so much digital, and our inboxes are so full of spam that you do need to to do a, a mixture of offline. And I think I saw something the other day that. Um, People now are actually liking to get like a handwritten letter almost as a piece of marketing rather than an email. They're more likely to kind of open it and engage with it. Yeah, so things are true. almost going back to like 30 years ago.
0: Have you seen all the Oatley campaigns? Yes. Yeah. They're so good and I they're all, go they're that. all mainly offline marketing. They've got massive billboards yeah. at the moment that says like I hope an influencer sees this and takes a picture and puts it on their Instagram so we don't have to and yeah. stuff like yeah. that. Like they're mm. really clever. And the but, stuff
2: that Spotify did with the billboards. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Comparing yeah. like the the decades of Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Where or the it? BA one at Piccadilly, Is it Piccadilly Circus? Yeah, I think it's yeah. so, that. Yeah. yeah. The little BA one with the boy yeah. looking at the plane and then getting on the plane and becoming a pilot. Melts my heart. Yeah, <laughs> pulls the heartstrings.
2: And I like that things are going back that way because that is, I think that is the the one method that you can kind of it forces you to be a bit more creative because you have to think how you're going to kind of get to someone in their life in whatever they're however they're going about their day. That's different to email and social media. Mm-hmm. It kind of forces you to almost like track their timeline and and think how you can hit them along their journey. And that's what we really? kind of like, I think.
1: I suppose the difference now is that you can measure those things
2: yeah. in yeah. in
1: um, reasonable ways. I was listening to a podcast recently, and they were talking about uh, the Times Square billboards and how people who put those billboards up can just track. I mean, you can't track someone personally, like Caitlin is walking past at this time. Mm. But they can tell a young twenties like white female is walking past at this time, and they're interested in X, Y, Z. So these billboards have this reaction to people. Mm. And all the measurements you can do with it. But I, I get what you're saying about the uh, letters and stuff like that, because it's just finding a way to get out of the noise, which yeah. is now yeah, in our inboxes and social yeah. media feeds and getting into a more personal space.
2: Yeah, and how to be different. And, mm. and actually, when you're saying about... So the, the one problem with offline and print used to be that you couldn't track it. Oh,
1: yeah.
2: We used to put um, web, web addresses with specific slash flyer for an offer or something, oh, and you'd think. hope that you'd be able to track that. But actually in reality people are probably just going to google googling you and going on the website so they weren't reaching you direct but now with digital billboards and things i read that actually they can track your eyes to see how many people have looked at it there's the
0: video billboards as well that can have a camera on them and can see you coming towards them so we'll also Triggers. their content, depending on what sort of person you are, mm, yeah. which is mental. It's, it's scary, scary yeah. but... So scary. Also. But amazing, amazing at the same time. For people like but us, But then it is yeah. the thing of, is it scary or how much would we complain if all the ads we saw weren't personalised towards us? Yeah. If I kept seeing ads I didn't care about, I'd be like, oh, go mm. yeah.
1: away. This is the thing. People, people complain about adverts and they say, oh, advertising doesn't work on me. But of course it does. The best yeah, advertising you realise that doesn't sell to you. You don't realise you're being sold to. Mm. Um, It just works. Well, that's like the whole thing of like
0: influencer marketing as well. It's more the kind of their personal brand that you buy into and that's all advertising. You're like, oh, I want to dress like that. I want to look like that. I (laughs) want to go to that Mm -hmm. restaurant.
2: Because it's somebody that you follow... For a reason, and you kind of engage with you them like anyway. their aesthetic, yeah. and you have yeah. like a
0: window into their lives, don't you? Especially if they're like vlogging yeah. and stuff as well. You kind of feel and like you know just them. Nosy. You're like, oh, so my friend has bought that, so mm. I need that too. So.
2: I'm I'm obsessed with influencers at the moment. I follow the the goat agency. <laughs> I've spoken to them a couple of times about doing stuff here, and they the the way that they promote their own agency. Um, even that is good alone so you can imagine their work they do with the influencers is yeah is pretty innovative but they they do a, a daily video blog that kind of shows inside how the whole influencer agency yeah, works yeah I've
0: seen some of their videos on LinkedIn yeah
2: and it's really good And it kind of opens up the doors and it's really sort of transparent mm-hmm. like this is how we work this is what our offices look like which I guess was kind of one of the ideas what made us consider doing this is that Actually, we've got loads of talented people here, but we're not necessarily shouting about it.
0: I think it's as well just understanding everyone else's roles in a the company. there's People come up to me all the time and go, I don't even know what you do. Yeah, <laughs> And I could say that about quite a lot of people in this company as well. Yeah. So I think even just internally, if we all just learn more about each other and interests and roles, it'll be good.
2: Yeah. Everyone gets in their lane and, and does their thing. And unless you work directly, like you're not in our marketing team, but we've worked with you directly on things. Mm-hmm. But unless there's people that we've never, never worked with and- And probably said, never even spoken to. No, no. given a nod in, in the corridor. So yeah. I think this, this is going to be fun, is that we're going to be able to find out what people enjoy and what, what got people here. Mm. Um, two people at a time within sort of a 15-minute podcast. Maybe longer because we seem to be <laughs> dived, dived off into I the
0: market. I think marketing it will depend in, on the person yeah, that we're interviewing.
1: So guys, what project are you most proud of in your career so far?
0: Um, I would say my previous job working in Cambridge. We did an event at the Cambridge Corn Exchange and it was basically, sounds a bit weird, but we had a musician who played the harmonica... <laughs> wow, come in. great already! um And we got him to get on stage, and we invited everyone along, and they all got a free harmonica, and it was kind of like a play along thing. Oh, That's wow. so cool! Ooh, so it, it was oh great God. for us because obviously brand recognition. Everyone got like a goodie bag with a name on it and everything, and everyone got a sort of music inside and a free harmonica. And yeah, yeah. he just sort of played songs and like taught everyone. There was about two hundred people there, and wow. he taught them all to play in unison with the harmonica wow, which was really. Did cool. you play the harmonica? I did. I sort of well I was kinda of like organising it, so I was running around but I had a little so go in it. For the um music for this podcast, can you play the harmonica? <laughs> no. <laughs> it is a lot harder than it looks. Why did you not
2: tell us that you have this skill before? <laughs> I
0: don't have the skill. <laughs> but um I think you're more skilled in harmonica than anyone else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean probably it's oh. a very random instrument but we did it because it was obviously with our supplies, it was easy to get like 200 harmonicas rather than like 200 ukuleles, which was an idea we had. But that was... 200 bassoons. <laughs> yeah, it's <Did laughs> an easy thing. And like kids can play it because it's really easy. Yeah. Well, not really easy, but it's easy to sort of try and get the gist of. To make um, some kind of noise with. Yeah, and mm. it doesn't... The thing is, he, used to, he said, the guy who, um, who ran it, you can't really make harmonica sound bad in, unless you're like really trying. Because um, it always sounds bad. <laughs> yeah. So that, the- so that I'd say was a big thing that happened at my my year there. Um, because we weren't. It was one of those things where it was a free event, so we were like, kind of, is anyone going to turn up? Yeah. Like, we tried to make it market it as much as possible. We sent emails out, social media advertising, um, and in store as well. We advertised it. Um, but yeah, we got over two hundred, and we were expecting about hundred, so That's we like doubled our attendance, which is That's good. so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm michael i don't know if you can beat that so do you want to try
1: yeah do you have a french trombone story but no
2: musical <laughs> no musical instrument stories. i imagine that there was so much spit flying around there well they, with, they
0: didn't give them back so they kept them yeah, so all the spit yeah. was in the harmonica for some reason i
2: had a harmonica when i was a kid something. i had a harmonica and they get was a so sp- yeah. like dribbly i don't every, remember every that. kid has maybe a, you're just really just drinking. me i was a dribbly boy <laughs> 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 yeah
1: yeah, he's not playing
0: it right. <laughs> um, I had those things as well. Were they called windpipes? No, is it pipes.
1: part of your You know, body. the ones oh, that were yeah. like you
0: held like this. Pan pipes, I think. And like oh, you had to like let go and.
1: Yeah. Think, uh, yeah, pan, yeah. Pan pipes. Do you want to say?
0: Yeah, pan pipes. Pan pipes I, I really
1: like Yeah, Laura
2: wouldn't know. Pan pipes. What kind of school did you go to? Was I, that, it wasn't at my school, was it was you in my in house. Your social in your outside life.
0: Mm. Yeah. Mm. That is quite. I was actually quite a musical kid and it's just.
2: Yeah. Maybe you could sing and Laura could. No, I can't oh, sing. Oh, back up with the harmonica. Oh.
0: Oh.
1: Recorder? Did um, you do the you f- recorder? No, I didn't. So you did pan pipes instead of that um, song? No,
0: I did <laughs> play the recorder, but not very well. I think I'm a better pan pipe player than a recorder player. <laughs> <laughs> pan um, pipe is I st- can <laughs> play the piano a little bit.
1: That's oh, good. Okay. That's, uh, I'm, I'm seeing a band form in my head already. There we go. It's, it's happening. <laughs> it's like
0: the worst sounding band. <laughs> <laughs> like
2: oh, <laughs> I, I, I used to play recorder Triangle? at school when you had to, but recorder is a thing that never sounds good.
0: Recorder is the thing that like everyone tries to do in like primary school and, and it's, it's like three blind like, mice ee, and then you give up. Ee,
1: yeah. 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 And then you might sort of go past a small folk stage of a festival you're at and there's like a 40 year old guy there who's killing the recorder and you're yeah. like, if I'd have kept up with recorder, I'd be yeah. like that guy. Yeah. It could have been him. Yeah. I wonder
0: how many adult recorder players there are in the Seven. UK.
1: Seven. Yeah, let's say that. Seven recorders. We'll players. put it in the chat box. Any, any listeners <laughs> want <Yeah. yeah>. <laughs> to get in touch and tell if us you're how many an really are? doing are adult recorder player, yeah. we want to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> so how can I beat that? I can't really. Yeah, I can't um, really, but have a go. <clears throat> I guess
2: for me, it was the Gym Hub. i um, not sound like a broken record, but that was the first project I guess I'd had an experience of at that time. Luckily, I've got to do that a few times here is uh, kind of create a brand completely from scratch. So like from writing name ideas on the whiteboard to creating logo with the designers right through to even sort of deciding what uh, signage is going to go on the building. And so that, I kind of look back on that and that was quite a lot of responsibility probably at that time. And it turned out really well. There was We hit all the targets. There was a, a target of, of getting 100 members before the place opened, which was a challenge because you can't actually physically show somebody what they're about to join. Yeah. So you've got to show them with like artist renders of, you know, this equipment section is going to look like and and, and try and get people to essentially pay their first twenty pounds plus a joining fee for something that could have been a scam. So there was a it wasn't <laughs> That wasn't
0: your marketing material, no. was it? <laughs> it? It could be
2: a scam, but we're not, trust us. Um so yeah, that was there was a challenge around that of trying to sh- trying to get people engaged from that early stage, and then keep that level of engagement up even once we opened. Because the thing about the leisure industry, and probably loads of other industries, is that they're really target driven. Like you've got to get a certain amount of members by a certain month for it to be worthwhile. So I think for for this particular gym, it was like 100 members before we opened, 500 within a month a thousand within a year and this was only really this is a particular town in essex Mm. Uh, there's only so many people that are going to join a gym like that so that makes you think outside of the box of how we're going to reach these people in this area Uh, yeah facebook great facebook actually worked really well but there's a certain portion of people that aren't even going to be looking on facebook so that's where we kind of did Uh, posters at train stations we did a billboard kind of on a the of the a130 which doesn't mean much to people but it's a it's a big a road right on the way to that uh, particular area Mm. so that was like a quite a varied um project and and we ended up we were a finalist for the brand experience awards at the cim marketing excellence awards so that's my kind of achievement i don't we don't kind of enter many awards we don't really do it here we probably should a lot of these you have to enter yourself as well. It's, mm, yeah, you right. say kind of, oh, we've been selected as a finalist. Essentially, you enter yourself and they judge you on your application.
1: Mm, yeah. yeah, you've been selected because you've given them something to select. Yeah, and, and you yeah. paid. Yeah. So actually, a, <laughs> yeah. lot,
2: a lot of companies don't necessarily want to do it because you have to pay to enter um, and that might not go anywhere. But... Yeah, luckily for this, we, we kind of made it into the brand experience because we'd gathered such a, a, a um, engaged portion of people that were chatting with us on Facebook, leaving good reviews. So overall the experience that they had with the brand was was good. We, we didn't win. I think we lost to either the post office or Apple Tizer. So, I mean, they're quite a big brand oh, we right. weren't mm. compared to a little gym brand in Essex. But it was worthwhile for us to go to the event. and
0: You still yeah. got the recognition as a as finalist. As a finalist. Really yeah, and you get you, so. you your
2: special finalist logo and uh, they play your uh, video on the big screen and stuff. Mm-hmm. So and very cool. you got
0: to go to a fancy dinner.
2: Got to go to fancy awards. I had to, had to hire a touch. Did you get dinner? Yeah, you get dinner. Do you remember what
0: the dinner was? What, what did you eat most support? I movie. feel
2: like it was probably like a sort of a beef roasted mm. you know, roast dinner type of thing. I think. Um, but it was quite nerve wracking as well because it was big marketing people there. So mm. um yeah, you had to do a bit of schmoozing and stuff and had to rent a tux. I'd never worn a tux before. So that's probably the, the project I'm I'm most proud of, but Obviously, we've got some pretty exciting stuff coming up here.
0: Yeah. So that was your most proud career achievement so far. But what are you most proud of during your time at Never What If?
2: Ooh.
0: Do you want me to go first?
1: You go first.
0: Okay. So when I first joined this company, in my first week, I think it was, we recorded a podcast, which was really cool, because mm. um, we're sort of in the midst of uh, researching and developing a dating app. Um, so that was something I'd never done before and it was a really cool experience and we got to sort of market it on social media do the website um, interview guests which was really cool.
2: That was one of those, like, oh, welcome to the company. We've got a really weird thing. It was like a <laughs> <short>. little side <laughs> project. <laughs> yeah.
0: But it was also like, wow, this is really cool. Yeah. Because um, obviously it's a whole different medium, which I hadn't really entered it before. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was really good. And now it. look,
2: now you're on your second podcast. Second
0: podcast, yes. There's no stopping you.
2: I know. I'm and up, you, you guest star. up. Yeah. yeah.
0: All of us. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> I guess a Little Source pod as well is one. That we're pretty proud of. Um, yet to launch, but we'll be we're launching almost, soon. Yeah, we're at the final um, hurdle. But that's cool because the brand itself is so fun and the sort of artwork and messaging is really fun and loud and bold and in your face, which is really cool to work on. Mm. It's going to yeah. be pretty
2: cool to see... Uh, that brand on a billboard is Yeah, I
0: was going to say, that's one we're going to see actually sort of physically pays off in a way. Like, yeah. we'll be walking into Chelmsford and seeing it on the billboard, on the bus stops and stuff like that, so...
1: Do you think there's also some relief in being able to be part of something that's kind of brash and loud... Yeah, for ...and sure. fun? Yeah. Um, mm. Laurie, you were saying your background was from a music yeah. shop, which I guess is kind of semi-serious. It's music can ser- be fun. It, but oh,
0: definitely. Music can be fun, Um We didn't do any sort of outdoor advertising or anything like that. Sure. And sort of we didn't have a whole design team. So that was kind of limited. But yeah, this is definitely something which has been the most fun to work on out of all the stuff I've done. So Michael, what are you most proud of during your time at Never What
2: If? Probably a campaign I worked on in my first year here. Um, And it was one actually that I kind of pitched in my interview so that was quite cool to actually make that happen. And because uh, sometimes you have tasks at interviews for jobs that you, you kind of do it for that task and it's to show how you think or, or whatever, but you don't actually get to work on it because it might be a hypothetical thing. Um, so this was... So when I started, we had a... We still have like a, a food manufacturer company called Market Fresh. And one of the products that they were working on is called Pasta Ping, which is a microwavable pasta. So when I... The situation was when I was interviewing there was about 33,000 packs of this pasta that were were from the first kind of test run uh, in storage. And they didn't know what to do with them. We didn't have a deal to sell them at any supermarkets yet. Not many people had even really tried it. It was just like a minimum order that you needed to get printed to to test the packaging, basically. So the task for me was to kind of suggest ways that we could use these 30,000 packs. Uh, So I kind of pitched using a sampling company to send these out to offices all over the uk i'd actually worked with this this company called the work perk as a recipient i guess when i was working in internal comms and they would send free samples of biscuits and chocolate bars and things and i was like as as a member of staff i thought this is amazing so so i kind of suggested why don't we use this company there's a bit of a cost to it but if it was that versus this this pasta going to waste um then it it potentially was worth it especially for the engagement that you get from people that are actually trying the food
0: and the feedback I assume
2: and the feedback and the kind of testimonials and social media content it's yeah it seemed worth it and so ultimately we we did it we sent the packs of pasta out to offices in Essex and the Midlands so we made a website we made social media pages we did sort of three posts a week on on the, the pages to try and keep um engagement going we did a competition so we gave people prizes that actually cooked with the, the product and uh kind of got innovative with it some of the entries were really weird
0: yeah i remember because we were working more closely together at the time, yeah. and i remember some of the entries coming through and we had to judge what ones looked the best and yeah some of them
1: were questionable <laughs> and, and it was what to was win the, what was the weirdest one I, I remember
0: one with lots of sausages in it, I'm not gonna lie.
2: Too many sausages. There was a say. lot of sausage. How
1: it? <laughs> and no, no, no just like dry pasta his, and his I sandwich. literally,
0: I don't know if I'm remembering this right, but I remember it being the microwavable pasta, some like Frankfurter sausages, oh, no. and I just don't think much else was going on. Yeah, oh, no, like oh, no veg no. or sauce No sauce. Or- or well, seasoning little sauce put wasn't
2: launched true, true. option so no, now now very soon, <laughs> yeah it was weird i mean it was to, for the chance to win 100 pounds it was a voucher, voucher. so yeah. it was a pretty good prize but some yeah. people just sort of sprinkled some cheese on and took a picture of that and sent that in and we wanted people to engage with us but yeah well, so, but no some no of the effort. pictures weren't the quality of the image wasn't as good as we'd hoped yeah. the, i remember my weirdest one was that you know, in supermarkets, you can buy like a can of chicken tikka masala yes. like, ready made in a yeah, can.
1: You just have to heat it up in a can. In, in a, a pan saucepan. or a.
2: Yeah. yeah. So somebody had, had done that. And then just sort of poured it on top of the pasta. Oh, so got pasta, pasta with chicken tikka masala. Wow! It was. I, I'm is, still baffled by it. That, that definitely
0: sounds f- like they wanted a curry, which thought, "Oh, I've got this free pasta. I won't yeah, buy yeah, it." Rice. I'll
2: try and win win some money from it. But um, that is a fusion. Not <coughs> <It coughs> sure was. the world's ready for that fusion. It was but. a fusion. Yeah. <laughs> a fusion should never
0: happen. What? Did, who did win? Do you remember?
2: Twenty. We picked twenty of the the best.
1: Wow. So, did, did curry pasta make it into that 20? I don't think curry
2: pasta... I mean, it was innovative, I guess, in, in a <laughs> way, but I, I don't think that one did win. What
1: was the
0: best one you got?
1: Oh, this is what a couple of years ago bunch? now. There were
0: some bolognese, wasn't there? There was a few bolognese. There it was, was likely a pesto yeah. one. Yes. So There's more like effort. People yeah, more yeah and more intimate. just normal food that you would eat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not curry no offence to the chicken
1: salad. <laughs> yeah, no,
2: that's fine. But yeah, no, more, more like... Some people you could tell especially went to the supermarket and bought fresh ingredients Mm. and took pictures of the process and things like that rather than just the sort of finished um finished dish but yeah it was it was it was quite a fun campaign to run and it was all just trying to generate ideally some good testimonials and good ratings of the product but we had some really good results and actually in the end 99% of the people that responded to the survey so everybody gets their free pack and then they get sent a survey Mm. 99% of the people that responded said that they would buy it when it launched in store so that was that and there was a few high stats for the rating on taste was in the 80% flavor was kind of 79% so there was some really good ratings on the product itself which was great for us to be able to go back to the manager of of that company and kind of present those stats so we got some really good stuff from it and it was it was good for me to be able to see something through from beginning to end lovely yeah
1: Yeah. thanks thank you for the insight so guys is there a tool or technique you've discovered over the past year that helps you in your role that you'd want to recommend to our listeners
0: so canva is definitely one that I use nonstop, and we both all have really. Love Canva. Canva's great because um, it's free and we pay for the premium one, but the free one's just as good. <laughs> just you like, we pay for the premium one. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're, we're
2: <laughs> premium Humble, humble brag. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're we'll humble <laughs>
0: brag. Um, but yeah, it's so good because you can create templates for social media. You can do presentations on it. You can do all sorts on it really, like videos. I think you can do a bit on there as well. Yeah, GIFs. GIFs, Yeah. And you can just sort of import any images that you want into there or they already have sort of a stockpile of like stock photos you can use or little animations. And it's really easy to just sort of drag and drop things into it and it makes our lives a bit easier as well. Even if we're trying to explain something to our design team to this is the kind of thing we want, instead of just Mm -hmm. writing it down in a paragraph, that no one really gets the gist of we can yeah. actually do it very roughly because sure. we're not designers but um and then they have more of an idea of what we want to yeah. so.
1: say leaves less room for interpretation exactly okay. I think that definitely, definitely helps yeah yeah it's, it's come a long way I and think. it's quite fun too yeah definitely <laughs> it's a lot of fun and even from when i've used it it's come a long way since i think i started using it in 2016 in one of my first marketing jobs yeah and it's come along such a long way since then as all the things you were just talking about yeah weren't available then mm. it was still great then but it's better now yeah yeah
2: Um, So mine was, was, is also that because we probably use it daily now, but also um, throughout the years I wanted to do something on Spotify and I wanted to do an ad campaign on that. And whenever I spoke to them in the past, you had to have a minimum 10,000 pound budget and that would get you an account manager who would kind of run the ads for you. And then they released this thing, which is my kind of recommendation called Spotify ad studio, which now is a minimum of 250 pounds. So massively different, especially for kind of small startups like us. And you don't even need an account manager. You can kind of run it yourself. So actually, if you want to just sort of test a campaign, write your own script for it, record your own voiceover, then, then you can do. You don't uh, need to go through the whole kind of Spotify creative process. So we've done that a few times. We, we, we did a campaign for, for Ad7, one mm-hmm. of our companies in, in the early days where we had kind of three different creatives with different voiceovers. I remember
0: being quite good as well because it gave you quite a breakdown on who you could target, didn't it? Which was good.
2: You could, oh yeah, you could target people by the music they listen to. Yeah. As well as all the geographical, demographical stuff. But you can, yeah, you can really go into their interests um, so that's kind of, yeah, something that, and, and we're going to be doing that with a little source part. We did it with our podcast. It's, it's just another platform aside from the usual Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter that you can, uh, do some digital ads. And actually it's a good challenge to try and sort of distill your brand or your campaign into a 30 second audio ad, which is quite hard. And you probably found it interesting, Richard, the sort of writing a script, mm. you, you're having to pick out the key points that you're going to hit someone with. That's going to be listening. They might not be able to actually click a link anywhere, but you you want to get you you want to get that brand name across to them.
1: Definitely, and that isn't thirty seconds of like constant words and talking either. So you yeah. don't have to. It sounds like a long time, but it's really not. I suppose when you've got to wrap up your message so yeah. quickly
2: and get some kind of call to action in there that they can hear, but they might not be able to click if it's in their pocket or something. Definitely. Um, yeah, it's definitely something that we want to do more of. So that's my recommendation as well as Canva. Thank nice.
0: you so what is the one key thing that's happening in the creative industry that's making an impact do you feel um so I think that especially the last couple years um that companies are being more honest um especially with sort of sustainability and sort of the rise of veganism and stuff like that so I think it's companies opening their doors and letting people see into what they're doing and if they're doing it well or not especially with that GOAT agency you were mentioning, like yeah. even just vlogging their days and everything. It gives people an insight into what they do every day. And I think it was it's obviously brand recognition and it just, yeah, it makes them look good, but also doesn't leave like questions unanswered as mm. to what the company is about and everything. Yeah, Especially Oatly as well. They're really good at all that. Sort of their marketing is really honest. Um, obviously it's meant to be funny and they're obviously thinking about it a lot, but it comes across that way, which I think is something that, a lot of companies are doing and probably will continue to doing.
2: Yeah, I think I kind of summarized it on my notes as like more innovative content or more visual slash audio, I guess in this case, content of actually, yeah, blogs and and articles and white papers and things are still worthwhile. But I think nowadays people want to see inside a company more and see how they work and what kind of people they're going to be dealing with, especially if you're kind of like an agency like we are any clients we take on or any companies that we work with, are going to be working directly with us. So mm-hmm. if they can almost see us or hear us in this case before they... Put
0: a face to you.
2: Yeah, and, mm. and figure out what you're about a bit. And, and that's what I've liked about, I guess, the GOAT agency, but also I follow a recruiter in Kent who almost does daily vlogs, including if he gets a role, he'll kind of do a video talking about the role. He'll interview the company that are hiring for it. And I, I kind of find him interesting, even though I'm not, I'm never going to be looking for a job in Kent. I think he really just shows what the company is about, how they work. It's quite transparent. Um, so I think, yeah, video and audio and, and kind of going behind the scenes of company, like you said, is mm-hmm. going to continue to grow. As well as stuff like personalization and chatbots and influencers and all of the things that are kind of were emerging last year are going to keep growing, I think. But yeah, video and live video, especially. Like, I think people engage with Facebook Lives and Instagram Mm -hmm. Lives a lot more now. And I think they'll continue to.